You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number nine. Many of us feel extremely powerless during the abuse cycles with a narcissist or a toxic person. What's worse is that feeling bleeds over even years after escaping the abuser. You might feel as if you'll never have your power back. You might constantly feel defeated. You might even feel like the narcissist still remains in control and you can't do a thing about it. This is especially true when you have children and you still have to deal with this abusive person in your life, even if it is at arm's length, with boundaries and minimal contact. There are ways to get your power back. And in today's episode, I want to share with you methods that I use consistently to help myself maintain a position of strength and authority with my ex on issues that relate to the children. So if any of this resonates with you and you want to get your power back after narcissistic abuse, then stay tuned because this episode is for you. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny. So let's get started. Okay, so first I just want to say that I am not a therapist or a doctor. I am not a lawyer. So the tips that I'm going to be sharing with you today are from my personal experience. What worked for me might not work for you. What's most important is that you follow your instincts. Use your best judgment and consult a legal professional or your therapist or your doctor. Secondly, this is going to be specifically tailored to those who share children with their ex because I know specifically just how difficult this is when you have to deal with a narcissist. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is training the narcissist. And this is controversial because some people will tell you that narcissists can't learn or they can't be trained because they're always just going to do whatever they want. And this might be true for some, but not all. And it's my personal opinion and experience that narcissists are extremely slow learners, but some definitely can learn through things that you can do to start training them. Now, I will say, I've been out of my abusive marriage for almost five years, and this particular narcissist is a tough nut to crack, aren't they all? But I continue to keep doing my thing the same way, and I have started to see little improvements along the way. I'm not saying he ever jumps when I say jump. I don't think that will ever happen, but I do operate in certain ways so that he knows without fail what to expect from me. Here's the thing. The narcissist needs to know the new you. You are not the same submissive victim that you once were. You are no longer under their control. You are no longer reporting to or answering to them. This really upsets them and it pains them terribly. Not only that, it's a major adjustment for a narcissist that they will resist this for as long as they can. So you have to teach them who you are now. Your communication is not going to be the same as it once was. 
you're not going to be responding to their texts immediately anymore. You're not going to pick up the phone after the first ring and you're not going to be held to the same standards of response and reply. Your best bet is always going to be texting or emailing so you can document everything. So if they call you, maybe not answer and let them reach out via a text or email if it's that important. Next, you can take your time responding. If your experience was anything like mine, seeing their name come across the caller ID or a text or email pop up can surge a wave of anxiety through you and punch you in the gut. It's completely normal to feel this way. But here's the thing, there are good and bad ways to respond to them. If they have to be on the hook for their messages, so do you. My favorite way to reply is using the BIFF method. It's B-I-F-F and it's written um, by Bill Eddy in a book that he um, is titled Splitting. And the acronym stands for brief, informative, firm, and friendly. Now, it's my personal choice not to be so friendly, but I'm not rude or a jerk either, but you do you. The choice is yours. The most important thing to remember is that a judge can read these messages. So keep in mind when you're crafting a reply that a third party can see these at any time. If you don't know what is a good or bad way to respond to something questionable, ask your attorney or a trusted friend to look it over and analyze it before you hit send. You'll also need to trust yourself here because if it doesn't feel right to you to hit send, then it might not be the best way to respond. I'll give you an example of a good versus a bad response to a controversial issue that the narcissist might text you about. Okay, so here it is. Let's say you get a text from the narcissist and it says, hey, are you cool with me taking the kids on your weekend for an out-of-town party for my family? I know they really want to go and would be really disappointed if you said no. And you could respond something like this. No, we will be sticking to the decree. It is advisable that you schedule these things on your days with the kids, if that is your decision and how you would like to respond. So in this message, I use the word we and I used a phrase, it is advisable. This is because if I say you will be sticking to the decree and I advise that you schedule, then that comes across very attacking. The tone is much different in the original way that I said it, much less aggressive. Remember, you are in no way required to bend or flex for the narcissist or go outside the parameters of the decree. But I'll warn you, if you expect them to stick to it, you won't be offered any flexibility when you need it either. This works out just fine for me because I don't ever plan anything when he has the kids and my entire family knows that and if they don't check with me first, there's a 50-50 chance the kids won't be able to be there. I am 100% okay with this. So you decide what works for you. It's likely you will get a response back from them and it could be nasty, maybe not, but here's an example of similar things that I have experienced. The narcissist would say something like, well, I have been flexible for you in the past. It's really a shame you can't just do the same for me. Now, I like to be very clear about this. You do not have to respond to statements like this. There was no question asked. Then it doesn't require a response. Let's try an example if they do ask a question. So if the narcissist asks you a question and says, well, what is your problem? Why can't you just agree so that the kids can be happy? I don't understand what's the big deal. Do you have plans? Again, you don't actually have to reply because you've already stated your position. But if you feel you must clarify, here's a nice simple way that you can do that. 
So you can say something very simply, the decree is very clear, please refer back to it. And that's it. Any continued pressure, guilt, or harassment needs to be ignored and sent directly to your attorney. When you are communicating with a narcissistic person, you put on a different hat than you would if you were talking to your friend or your family members. They are not your family and they are certainly not your friend. Take your time before you respond, unless of course it's an emergency or an urgent matter. What I like to do is breathe, walk away from the phone or the computer, and then process your thoughts. Write it down on paper before you type it out to send it. Or sometimes I go into my notes on my phone and I type it in there. Here's what I want you to remember. You are who you are and you need to remember who that is. And once you start getting into this habit, the narcissist will come to expect these kinds of responses from you. They're not going to like it, but you are building an image for yourself that the narcissist over time will slowly begin to come to terms with. I'm not saying they will accept it, but they might start operating a little differently and it helps you get your power back. It is in training yourself that you end up training them by default, effectively training them to realize they can't always get their way with you like they were used to. All right, so the second thing I want to talk about is sticking to the decree or the judgments or orders that you've been given. First things first, you need to learn what's in it. Know what it is inside and out. Know what's in that document because it will become your best friend. You might find that loopholes and flexibility are more helpful for you, but for me, I find it the opposite. My ex-narcissist will take an inch if I give him a mile. He will file away every little favor he ever did for me and use it against me as leverage, guilt, and manipulation. This is why I try very hard not to allow him to do favors for me. I, on the other hand, do not shy away from doing favors for him. I don't do them often, but just every now and then when it comes to being flexible about picking up the kids or allowing them to stay an extra hour for a party or something like that. I keep the scales unbalanced in my favor. Call it what you want, but it works for me and helps me keep a position of power. Wavering from the decree is usually okay by the courts as long as it was mutually agreed upon by both parties. So if you do decide to do this, get it in writing and make sure it is very clear. All right, so the third part of what I want to talk about is being a winner. Okay, so what this means is narcissists only play games they think they can win. Funny enough, most narcissists are so overly confident that they truly think they can win them all. What I tend to do is look for opportunities to prove him wrong. I know the decree back to front, and if I question myself, I just check it before responding. He rarely checks it, and I have to prove to him that he's wrong quite often. I have countless wins, and he has countless losses, mostly because he doesn't read the decree. I don't mean to be rude to say that he doesn't read it. He, I actually think he has a pretty high level of intelligence, but I also think that he thinks he's so smart, he doesn't have to read it, which ends up coming back to bite him later on. One thing I know for sure is you have to think several steps ahead of a narcissist. We got so accustomed to anticipating their needs and trying to worry about whatever it was that was going to make them happy or keep them from being upset. That means we can also anticipate their next moves. Quite literally, we've been training for this the entire time we were in the relationship. Now we have to harness that ability. So don't doubt yourself. 
You know how to think ahead. Now you just need to get into the habit of doing it to predict their moves. Narcissists usually only think to the first step right in front of their faces, and that's really good news for us. So if you're asking, how do I do it? Here's how. Ask a lot of questions of yourself. Who is this about? Who is involved? Who else could this impact? Why is he doing this? What is the goal or the motive? Where is he headed with this action or statement or request? And when do I need to act? And how does this benefit him? So these are all really important questions that you can ask. You can also ask yourself, who else do I need to talk to about this? Do I need to ask attorneys, doctors, school administrators? The reason this is so important is because you are compiling information to use to get ahead of them. It also helps you stay on your toes so you don't let a single thing slip by. I have experienced, and I'm sure you have as well, a lot of manipulation, a lot of sneaky or shady types of behaviors. And this just doesn't sit well with me. But one thing that I know is that I cannot control what he does. I cannot control who he is, what he says, or how he shows up. All I can do is control what I do, how I can get ahead of things, how I can read the decree front to back, how I can be prepared for situations before they come up. You know how when a child gets mad because his friends won't play the game that he wants to, so he picks up his ball and he goes home? Well, that's how a lot of narcissists are. So what we want is we want them to pick up their ball and go home. And I don't want to deal with people like this, and I'm sure you don't either. These are not foolproof methods, but they sure have worked for me. I am not the same person that I used to be when I was married. I set boundaries in my communication now, and boundaries really helped me. I altered my communication, and I try to think several steps ahead before I make any decisions. You can do all these things too. You just have to stop and remember who you are. Now, I know I said three tips, but you know I cannot leave out the subconscious mind because that's what I do, and working with my subconscious to heal has saved me so much emotional stress and pain. So I want to add one more here. So how do you get your power back when it comes to the aftermath of narcissistic abuse? First, we have to get the thoughts out of our mind that the narcissist used to manipulate and gaslight us with. We have to remove the lies that they told us about who we were that we ended up believing. Here's what I mean. After experiencing emotional abuse, I believed I couldn't do anything right. I literally said these words to myself even after I escaped my abuser. I would say things to myself like, you're so stupid. You mess up everything. You can't do anything right. You don't even know what you're doing. And full disclosure, there were a lot more where that came from. These types of statements were all just programmed thoughts that I began to believe and adopted as part of who I was. And no matter how hard I tried, I still felt inept and unworthy and not good enough. So if you felt like this, I want to invite you to really think about this. In what ways were you not stupid? When did you not mess up something? Was there anything you did that was right? Was there anything you did that you knew exactly what you were doing? I know that once I started to question these thoughts, my feelings started to shift and I began to feel so much different. You see, your subconscious mind is what stores all the programming. It is what causes your emotions. So if you're feeling self-doubt like I was, 
It was because of the beliefs that I was carrying about myself. Now, if you have some paper, I'd love for you to write down just one belief about yourself. You can even start with one of the examples I gave above if they resonate with you. A common one most of us have thought is I'm so stupid. It could be you are feeling stupid for falling for a narcissist. Maybe you feel stupid for ignoring the red flags or not leaving way, way sooner. Then I want you to flip that around. The complete opposite thought of I am so stupid is I am not so stupid. Because here's the thing, our subconscious mind sees in stories and images sort of like a dream. So we have to show it proof, proof that we weren't stupid. Try to find at least three examples of this to show your mind. One example could be, I was not so stupid because I was tricked. Even really smart people with degrees in higher education can be duped by a narcissist. I was love-bombed and I believed that he loved me. Another example could be, I was not so stupid because when I entered into the relationship, I was pressured to get married. My family loved my ex and he fooled everyone. I was young and I didn't know better. And another example could be, I really believe in love and I truly did love him. I tried my best to make it work, but I just wasn't equipped with the knowledge to know that it was abuse. So as you can see, there are many examples as to why you weren't stupid and why I wasn't either. The more we do this with the subconscious beliefs we have that cause us the pain and suffering, the quicker we can reprogram these trigger points in our brain. The thought of I was so stupid was just running on autopilot. I never even questioned it. We have to hop in the driver's seat, turn off the autopilot, and start showing our mind a different story to argue for. And this is how we reprogram and how we take our power back. The stronger we become, the less affected by our ex and the triggers that we become, the better we show up in our lives for the people who we love. The more powerful we become emotionally in so many other areas of our life. So just as a recap, Train them by training yourself, by maintaining your position and showing them that new version of you. Stick to the decree orders and be consistent and recognize that if you waver, you allow for them to poke holes in your stance. As the saying goes, give an inch, they take a mile. The other thing is to be a winner and ask a lot of questions. Start questioning those program thoughts in your mind too. Again, These things helped me immensely to get my power back. I felt extremely powerless while in the relationship and soon after escaping it. It wasn't until I learned a few things about how they operate and how predictable they can be and how to use my subconscious to benefit me that I started to make some small adjustments that paid off in a really big way. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, I do have some spots opening up in the next few weeks. Just send me a DM and we can set up a time to talk more about rapid reprogramming for subconscious healing. I hope this has been helpful to you. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. My DMs are always open and I'm here to help whenever I can. Until next time, here's to believing in you. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out whentearsleavescars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, 
here's to believing in